0: Thanks for listening in to The Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, Isaiah says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he'll honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Why? How is he going to honor it? He said, because the people walking in darkness have seen a great what? Yeah. A great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for fire. Verse 6 is really the verse that we've been looking at all month long, and we're wrapping it up today. Look at what he says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Come on, anybody glad for what we have this Christmas? For the next few minutes, I want to talk to you out of the subject Prince of Peace peace. You can write that down. You can take some notes. Prince of Peace. I pray that today, more than a gift, you're going to get under a tree, more than family time. I know that maybe you're going to have some food and have a good time. I pray that you would realize you have the Prince of Peace with you. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we close our eyes, bow our head. Let's ask God to bless this time together. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you as we get to remember the greatest birth of all time, the greatest gift of all time, Jesus. Thank you for coming down to earth, God, and loving us, being with us, being for us, God. This morning, I pray that you would encourage every single heart, lift up every head. Jesus, we love you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, and that all the food that we digest today have zero calories and no fat. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, oh, come on, all God's people say, can you give God one more shout of praise as loud as you can? Come on. Has anybody, here, has anybody here, honestly, I want you to be honest, true, transparent moment. Have you ever received a bad gift for Christmas? Bad gift for Christmas. Let me see. Show of hands, show of hands, bad gift. Show. Has anybody ever received a bad gift by the person sitting next to you? I'm just kidding. Don't do that right now. Don't. But if you've ever received a bad gift, right, you, you know what that's like, right? I think it's so disappointing. There's all this expectation and anticipation, and you're looking forward to receiving this gift, and, and you're excited about it, and you open it up, and you're like, oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you, right? Christmas 1998, Christmas 1998. I remember I was 16 years old, Christmas Eve, 1998. If you're Hispanic, you don't wait until the 25th. We opened the gifts on the 24th, and the church said, Bunch of Hispanic people. (laughs) Right, we open gifts on the 24th. Christmas Eve, 1998, we're getting ready to open up the gifts, right? And uh, I get ready. I'm excited about it. When you're 16, you think every gift is going to be awesome. You think your parents have all the money in the world, and you're going to receive every dream that can come true. And I'm excited opening up gift after gift after gift. And, uh, you know, we had a bunch of people at the house, and I go to to this one gift that somebody who was associated by some kind of relationship was in uh, the house that day. And they gave me this gift. And I'm excited about it. I'm opening it up. And when I open it up, my eyes, what they see is this gift that I was not expecting. What I see is that this person has decided to give me for Christmas a pair of socks. Like, who does this for Christmas, right? Like, socks? Really? 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 Hey, Alex, Christmas socks. That's what I'll get them. Thank you. That's what a 16-year-old boy wants for Christmas is a pair of socks, right? And uh, so what do you do? They're right in front of you. They see while you're opening up the gifts, so you're like, somehow, some way you just got to put a fake smile and be like, oh, my God, thank you. All year long, I prayed, wished, and asked for socks. These are awesome. And it's not like socks nowadays. You get some cool socks. I'm talking about white, plain socks. Like, you know, this, wow, really? I was so disappointed, right? Because this gift, and if some of you are judging me, like, wow, he's so ungrateful. Judge me, all you want. Yes, I was not happy with myself. Uh, two years ago, two years ago, me and Diana were getting ready to give uh, gifts to our families. How many know that when you get older, you no longer get gifts? Now only the kids in the family get gifts. Like. When, how did that happen, I don't know, but we no longer, so we just get gifts for all of our nephews and for the family, and and, uh, I remember we all go over my mom and dad's house, and we're all there, and we're giving our our nephews their gifts, and I remember I have this one little nephew who was here earlier, his name is Lucas, and he's a trip, Um, we we give him his gift, and and we're just watching him as he's opening up this gift, my sister's here, I'm not lying, she can say the truth, Uh, he's getting, he's opening the gift, right, me and Anna are looking at him as he's getting ready to open up the gift that we bought him, right? Right, and and we're excited about it. We're like, "Oh, he's gonna love it!" Oh, Lucas, I love you, boy. And he's getting ready. He opens up the gift, and no lie, this is his reaction, right? "Mm, That's it. Mm." (laughs) Like you little spoiled brat. Like what in the world? Like. Who doesn't love a pair of socks for Christmas, right? Like, I'm kidding, i get it. But it's like, man, we, we, we got that with so much love. Disappointment on his face because he didn't like the gift. And today, I don't know what you're expecting. I don't know what you're waiting for. I pray it's more than a pair of socks, and I pray you have an amazing Christmas. But I started thinking about this, and I said, man, our world is looking and searching for peace only to come up disappointed every single time. Humanity is looking. We are all searching for something to satisfy our soul, something to fix the problem of our soul, of our mind, of our spirit, right? And we're looking and searching, and every single time we end up coming short and disappointed and say, This I thought was gonna satisfy me. This I thought was gonna bring some peace. This is what I thought was gonna bring some kind of calmness to my life, to my marriage. To my family and it just keeps disappointing me what's going to satisfy my soul where can i get some peace i just want some peace in my life i just want i just want everything to be all right i i want somebody to to help me like what is what's going to do it right and we search and we look and we try to go to different places and go to the best locations best vacation go to the best beaches go as far as you can and nothing seems to satisfy the soul. Nothing seems to bring peace to our lives. Nothing seems to really satisfy the whole that there is in our soul. And we're looking, we're searching, and we're like, okay, well, what are our options, right? Like, what are our options, right? Maybe if I get a, a new job, if I get this new job, this job is going to be it. If I get this job, ooh, Alex, ooh, 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 if I get this job, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to have a great career. This is going to be amazing. This is the job that I've dreamed of my whole life. Then you get the job a couple months later. It's, how's the job going? I hate it. I hate it. I'm looking for a new job, right? Nothing's sad. Right? Maybe a new partner, new relationship, right? Like, if I get married, I'm tired of being single, Alex. All my single people say, hey, right? I'm tired of being single, right? If I find a spouse, then I'll have peace. Like, my God, if I just find that perfect wife, that perfect husband, how many know there is no perfect husband and there is no perfect wife, right? Some of you are like, should I say amen? My wife's next to me. I don't know. Like, Right? right, What More money. If I get more money, then I'll be okay. Then I'll have some peace in my life. If I find a new president, if we get a president that can make everything right, right? If, if I go to the best vacation, what, what are our options, right? Because all we want is some peace. I remember with this one service, I, I had been preaching, and I finished preaching. I get off, and I go up to the front, and I stay in the front. I talk to some people, say hi to some people, and this one young guy came up to me. He was desperate, like the look on his face was just desperate, and I'm like, hey, bro, what's going on? What's your name? He told me his name, and then he's like, hey, Alex, Alex, I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I just want some peace, man. I just want some peace, and he was desperate. He's just like out of his mind, like desperate, and I'm trying to tell him about Jesus. I'm trying to, like, man, can I pray for you? And he's like, I just want peace. I don't know. I just want peace. He wasn't getting it. He said, I just want peace. Humanity wants peace. The problem is that all of our options end up being limited, right? And so if our source is limited, our supply is going to be limited. If our sources are not eternal, if they're not forever, then everything that we try to find to satisfy our soul will have an end and will never be able to truly satisfy the soul, right? And it's, so we think Christmas, right? Christmas is supposed to be a time of peace, of love, of family, of gifts, of trees, of lights. We're going to have an amazing time of, of lechon Hasao. It's going to be awesome, right? Christmas is supposed to represent a time of peace. How many of you know that's the last thing we experience during Christmas? Right? You go to the mall and there's no peace at the mall. You you will you will go to the mall and you'll end up punching somebody at the mall, right? Right? You're you're fighting over parking spaces. You've been in a store for two hours, and you're like, if somebody cuts me in line, I will cut them. Right? Like, I, there is no peace. There's conflicts, there's fights, you got to go to this recital, you gotta go to this party, you gotta go and get this gift. We gotta go to grandma's house, we gotta go to my brother's house, we gotta go to my sister's house, I gotta go to my uncle's house. You're running, you're rushing. There's traffic, traffic, oh my god, traffic has been horrible this week, right? And it's like peace. Where am I gonna, What we end up having in Christmas is really traffic, overdrafts, and family fights. Can I get an amen? <laughs> peace. Peace. Merry Christmas. I can't wait for Christmas to be over. There's no peace in Christmas, right? It's like, where am I going to find it? Because life is full of conflict. Life is full of troubles and problems that take away our peace. If I want you to, to know something today, if I want you to experience something today, Is that I want you, for the time we have remaining, I want you to experience the peace that there is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's an everlasting peace. I want you to have for the rest of this Christmas, for the rest of this year, and for next year, I want you to have the peace that truly comes from Jesus. Because when Jesus is with us, I want you to know this, church, that conflict is unavoidable, but conflict doesn't have to destroy you conflict and trouble is unavoidable. It is going to happen, but it does not have to take away your peace. It does not have to take away your sanity. It doesn't have to distract you from your purpose. You can remain in peace no matter what this life throws at you because we have a gift who's a prince of peace. His name is Jesus. He's the greatest gift that you can ever receive in Christmas. Come on. His name is Jesus. He was born. Born to us this day is a savior in the city of Bethlehem. Come on. This is what Christmas is it's all about more than trees more than lights more than malls more than cars it's about jesus the one who brings peace on earth i want you to know that this is what isaiah is talking about the book of isaiah as we've been talking about he's a prophet he's a writer and he's writing to god's people And the context that he's writing one in is one of conflict is one of war it's one of a mess of confusion like this is bad when Isaiah is writing these letters, I want you to know that times are bad. Like it's troubling, right? People, the people are fearing that they're about to become slaves and hostages. The people of God are beside themselves. They're all over the place. And Isaiah has been warning them, come back to God, get your life right with God. And finally Isaiah gets to chapter 9 where he begins to write the most beautiful, I believe, Christmas passage of all time. Because he's talking about a promise that's coming to earth. This is now 700 years before Jesus ever comes to earth. Isaiah gets a prophecy, a vision from God, and he begins to write about it. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We just read it. I want you to look at it one more time. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is. Can you say it like you had some breakfast? Come on. To us a child is. It's given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Come on, read it with me. Wonderful counselor everlasting father and prince of peace so isaiah he sees this gift isaiah he sees this this uh Jesus that's coming down and he has no idea what it is, but God gives him four phrases, four names to write down to describe this, this gift that he's seen. And he says, okay, uh, a gift is coming and it's going to be a child born a gift given to humanity. And it says he's a wonderful counselor, he's a mighty God, he's an everlasting father and he's the Prince of Peace. He gives him four names. How many you know that names have meanings, right? And maybe you're like, well, why did my parents name me this? I don't know why your parents named me that, but names have meanings, right? Names are important, right? So, so these names, they actually they describe the characteristic of the gift that is coming they describe his character, they describe what he's going to be about, they say, so when he says wonderful counselor, we learn that that was an out-of-the-world, extraordinary strategist advisor counsel that we have. When he says mighty God, we realize that we have a champion on our side that has never lost, will never lose, come on, he's the greatest champion of all time, you have a mighty God on your side. When we talk about an everlasting father, we realize that Jesus, what he's talking about there, what Isaiah's talking about is that Jesus is the one who's going to birth and start eternal life for all of humanity, so no matter what happens on the this side of our life and we know that on the other side we got eternal life forever through our everlasting father and then he says Prince of Peace it's the last name is the last phrase that he uses to describe this gift that's coming to describe Jesus Prince of Peace remember in the Hebrew which is the original language it actually means Sar Shalom Sar Shalom Sar means a chief a commander a king a captain somebody who's in charge so he's saying, uh, a new captain is coming. I'm the captain now, right? A new captain is coming. right? And this captain, <laughs> this captain, he's a captain of, of peace or, or shalom. Now, shalom. Now, in English, we read peace, and we're like, okay, peace. But this isn't just like a sense of calmness. This isn't just like a little bit of peace. Shalom means total and complete restoration, wholeness, healing, completeness, tranquility, it's rest for our soul, our mind, our spirit, our body. It's going back to our original form that we were created. So when he says shalom or peace, it means may your whole life be complete, lacking nothing. He's the prince of wholeness. He's the prince of healing. He's the, come on, the prince who makes sure that our lives are completely whole, filled to capacity. You have the Prince of Peace so this Christmas you can know that you have the Prince of Peace. That he comes so you lack nothing. He comes so that you can have fullness. He comes so your life can be filled to the full. He comes so that you can have healing. He comes so that you can prosper in all of your ways. He comes so that you can be encouraged. He comes so that you can have life and life forevermore. He comes so that you can lift up your head and be able to praise God all the days of your life. He comes so that you may experience the life that he wants to give you. Come on. He comes so that your life may be set in motion. He comes so that your life can be made full and you don't have to lack anything. He's the Prince of Peace. And I tell you the greatest gift you can ever have for Christmas is not a something, but it's a someone and his name is Jesus. I know some of you You're waiting for a watch, you're waiting for a cologne, perfume, a purse, hey, you're waiting for a bunch of things. Can I tell you, the greatest thing you can ever receive is not a something, it's a someone. It's the Prince of Peace. Come on, it's the mighty God. It's the wonderful counselor. It's the everlasting Father. Once you have him, your life will forever be changed. You'll never be the same because he's the one who comes to make all things new. He's the Prince of Peace. This Christmas, Merry Christmas, we have the greatest gift of all time, Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. I want to share with you really quick as time is flying by. We're gonna do a, we're gonna we're gonna light some candles at the end and we're gonna remember everything that Jesus has done for us. But can I share with you three quick things that I believe the Prince of Peace brings to our life, right? The Prince of Peace, he came down to earth. It's Jesus Christ. What does this mean that he's the the, the sar shalom? What does it mean that he's the, the the chief, the commander of peace, of wholeness, of tranquility? What what does this mean? I think we can wrap it up in, in three different ways. It means a whole lot of things, but. If i can kind of like narrow it down i would say that the first thing that the prince of peace brings and what he does is that he comes to restore our lives restore our lives right so shalom means wholeness it means completeness it means lacking nothing right so he comes to restore our lives right my, my wife and a couple of friends here at church, they, they love a show uh, on TV called Fixer Upper, right? Like, they love this show. It's called Fixer Upper. They love it. I think there's a fan club of them at church, right? They, they all love this show, right? The new season started. Everybody's excited. Everybody's getting around the TV. And it's like, oh, my God, Chip and Joanne. Oh, my God, we love them, right? They love this show, right? Fixer Upper. And At first, I'm like, oh, I don't like any of that stuff. And now I find myself, oh, my God, it started. We got to watch it. So it's amazing. It's a great, great show, right? How many of you have seen this show? It's amazing. Okay, so what these people do is, let me just give you, they, 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 they specialize in house and homes rest, restoration. So for example, they'll find a couple who's looking for a home, and they'll take them to several different houses, and these houses, the houses that they show, I mean, if you see them, you're like, who wants to buy? These houses, they are completely run down. They are bad. Some of them are like not even livable. Like this thing is bad. It's like, why, why would anyone when I first when they first told me about the show, I would watch it, I'm like, ah, that's a bad buy. Don't buy it. And I'll just walk out like, like a dummy, right? And I'm just ah, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, who bought about that? Uh, but then what they do, once you pick the house, they say, hey, you have some room in your budget. We're gonna go in here and we're gonna restore the house, right? And so they come and they start repainting the house, right? They start they start making it brand new, and all of a sudden you see in, in a matter of days and weeks, the house begins to take on a whole new character, right? It's no longer the house that they first saw. It it almost looks like a brand new house. And in some cases, they actually tear down the walls and they they put up new walls. They are restoring the house, right? They they don't sell you a house and then say, hey, we're just going to put a nice uh, lamp fixture here. And it's just going to be awesome. The same old house, but just one nice little lamp, right? They they, they just don't put in a nice new couch in the middle of the dust and the brokenness and say, hey, there you go, house restoration. That wouldn't be restoration. That would just be you trying to make something nice that's not house restoration right what they do is that they restore it completely so at the end of the show they the big reveal right every show is a big reveal and they get ready are you ready to see your house yes we are right and they're getting ready to see this house and right before they reveal it all the time they go to a commercial break you just got to know that and then they come back of a sudden they show the house and the people are like oh my god that's not my house oh my god it's amazing amazing right because it looks like a brand new house because when you restore something it's not just taking the old and making it pretty when you restore something it is completely brand new it is new in every sense of the way when jesus comes Can I tell you, friend, he doesn't just come to make your life okay. He doesn't just come to paint your life a little better. He doesn't just come to give you half a smile. He doesn't just come to fix your life a little bit. It's a complete and total restoration. It's a new mind. It's a new spirit. It's a new soul. I'm a new creation. Those who are in Christ Jesus are made brand new. Somebody say new. This Christmas, you can look at your wife or your husband and say, I got you something for Christmas. I got me brand new because you've been restored. Been restored. (laughs) Put a bow tie on and tell them, hello, I'm a new creation. Look at John. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Look at what Jesus says. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. He says, I do not give you as what? I do not give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says, I give you my peace. Peace I give you. Not as the world give. How does the world give? The, the world gives always wants. They want to give you something and then they want it right back. Or they give you something and it's only temporary. I remember my first car was a 1995 Isuzu rodeo. What stunting? Watch me. Straight out of high school, right? I bought this car and after a few months, it wasn't cool no more because I had to ride around with like five gallons of water in my trunk because my radiator would bust every single time. And so I was with friends and I'll pull over and they're like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry about it. My car's just thirsty. Give me a second. And I had to fill up my car. Right. And every 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 so often I would try to patch it up. They sell these things at the auto parts where you patch up the the the, the, the leak that there is and you try to and it will hold it for a week or for two weeks or for a month, right? But that was only temporary to my with my radiator. What I needed to do was buy a complete brand new radiator. Right? Jesus comes not to give you a temporary solution. He's the Prince of Peace who comes to bring an eternal transformation to your soul. My peace I give you. And it's not like the world gives, it is a peace that completely restores you and transforms you forever. Is anybody glad that we have the Prince of Peace in our life? It's not, it's not temporary, it's not just a little bit. He wants to make you brand new. This Christmas, the greatest thing you could have is Jesus. He makes us brand new. Maybe you're like, Alex, but my life is completely broken. My life is a mess. Alex, you don't know my life. This is the beautiful thing. The Prince of Peace can do wonders with broken things. You can trust him with every broken part because he's the Prince of Peace. Jesus, one time, he, he goes into a church, right into a setting, into to this court where they're all hanging out and they're all talking about the Bible. And, and Jesus goes in there talking about the scriptures, the Old Testament. Jesus goes in there and he realizes there's a man there with a withered hand. A withered hand mean a hand that can no longer be used, right? It was a hand that was messed up. It was a hand that had lost everything, right? He couldn't use it. And uh, Jesus decides to heal the man. It was Sabbath. You couldn't heal on a Sabbath. Those were old rules that they had. And Jesus is like, well, God heals every single day. God gives lives every single day. I'm going to heal this man. And look what he says in Luke chapter 6, I believe. In Luke chapter 6, this is what Jesus Says he looked around at them all and he said to the man, Stretch out your what? Can you come on? Can you say it with me? Stretch out your. He did so, and the hand was completely restored. Completely restored because we serve a God that completely restores our life. He didn't do it a halfway, He didn't just restore one finger, He didn't just do some kind of work, He did a complete restoration. But the man first had to stretch out his hand. This morning, I'm wondering if there's an area of your life that you got to stretch out so that God can heal it. God can heal what we won't reveal. This morning, I know it's Christmas. I know we're getting ready to eat tonight, right? I know we're getting ready. The the, the pig is roasting, right? All that kind of stuff. We're getting ready for tonight. But this morning, is just something that God needs to heal in your life. Stretch it out and let the Prince of Peace completely restore it. He restores. The second thing that He does is that He gives us rest. Somebody say rest. rest. I, I'm not just talking about a sense of calmness. I'm not just talking about uh, you know a little bit of relaxation, right? That's not what I'm talking about, right? The Prince of Peace. The peace is not a sense of calmness. It's a total and complete peace, right? Because this world is full of anxiety. It's full of stress is full of worry we are all stressed out like by the time tonight rolls around you're like thank god it rolled around right now because i was getting ready to punch somebody in my family right we're we're stressed out we're stressed there's not enough money there's not enough people i'm not with the people i want to be with i'm not where's my family at there's all these arguments there's all these things right he comes to bring rest to our soul rest to our soul i remember a couple months ago I i bought a shirt I love this shirt. It was an awesome shirt and I bought it and I was wearing it and I'm like, man, I love this shirt. So, you know, you, you anybody, I think everybody has their favorite t-shirt, right? And this became my favorite t-shirt. I was wearing it the first day and I was just like, man, I love this t-shirt. Right? All of a sudden, after wearing it for a little bit, uh, my, my back started to itch really, really bad, right? And I'm just like, oh, this is so weird. I'm sitting in the office, and I'm trying to like change the way I'm sitting. I'm just like, oh man, I wonder what's what's going on, right? And Diana comes around like, hey babe, can you scratch my back? Like, it's just really, really bad. And she's scratching my back, and I'm like, babe, 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 can you? Do I have a rash, babe? Is it bad? Is it a disease, babe? Help, help, help! Oh my God, babe, this is weird, right? And um, all of a sudden, what I came to find out was that my shirt. What I did is that I took off the tag, but I left a little plastic little strip that they put, and it was pinching my back the entire time. The problem was in the shirt, the problem was in my skin, the problem was that little plastic thing. A lot of us, we think that with a nice vacation, we'll be able to satisfy our soul. We think that a nice afternoon by the beach, a nice dinner tonight will be awesome. We think that a gift, a little bit more money, a job will completely satisfy our soul. But the problem is that you're just trying to find all these other solutions, and you're going to end up disappointed because there's still going to be a sense of void and emptiness. Because the problem is no matter where you go, you're still going to be there, and the problem is is our flesh our problem is not an overworked muscle our problem is an overworked mind an overworked spirit and an overworked soul it's full of anxiety it's full of guilt it's full of fear it's full of shame and jesus says i come to give you rest i'm the prince of peace it doesn't matter where you go it doesn't matter where you are i can give you total and complete rest somebody say rest Look at John chapter 16, verse 33. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Jesus said, in me you can have peace. No matter what you may be surrounded by, you can have peace. Because here's what peace is. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus. Jesus. Peace is not an absence of trouble, of problems, or conflict. True peace is the presence of Jesus in our life. In this world, you're going to be surrounded by stuff that is going to stress you out, bring anxiety, bring stress, bring, bring all these fears, guilt, shame, everything. And Jesus says, but as long as the Prince of Peace, as long as I'm with you, you're going to have true peace. True peace. You can be surrounded by a storm, and still your soul can be anchored by Jesus. That's why in Mark chapter 4, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, the disciples are going crazy because there's a storm that breaks out and they think they're all going to drown. They're like, Jesus, we're going to die. They look to Jesus. Jesus is sleeping because true peace is to be guided and covered by the peace of Jesus, to know he's with me. He's with me. I'm going to be okay. I know there's all these, all this stress. I know there's all these problems. I got all these worries, all these things, but my God, wait, wait, wait. I got the prince, the, the, the Sar Shalom. I, I got the guide, the captain, the king of all peace, of all tranquility, of all wholeness. I lack nothing. As long as I got him, I'm okay. My soul is well. It is well with my soul. My mind is complete. I lack nothing. It doesn't matter who walks out on me. It doesn't matter what I lose. It doesn't matter what tries to come my way. I got the prince of peace with me, and as long as he's with me, he's got me. He's not going to let me fail. He won't let me go down. He's got me. He's holding on to me. I'm not holding on to him. He's holding on to me and he's never going to let me go. He's a prince of peace. That's so what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4. I love this. It says, Do not be anxious about what? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts in your minds, in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. He comes to restore, and he comes to give rest. How many of you want some rest? True rest. Come on, this 2018, true rest. The peace of God. But but I want to let you know that before you can have the peace of God, you first must make peace with God. The Prince of Peace came to restore. He also came to give rest. But the third and final thing is that he came to rescue us from our sins because all of us are sinners the Bible says that all of us we we failed God in one way or another I'm not perfect you're not perfect we've all failed God in one way or another we've lied we cheated we had bad thoughts we've all offended God and because we've offended God it's put us in opposition toward God because our life has offended him God loves us but we keep on offending him by our thoughts by our actions by what we do the Bible says humanity is born in sin and so what did the Prince of Peace come do He saw us lost and away from the God who created us. And so the Prince of Peace came to make all things right. The Prince of Peace in his kingdom, everything's back to the way it was supposed to be. How was it supposed to be? Remember Adam walking in the garden with God. They were having communion each and every single day. There was a relationship, but sin breaks our relationship with God the creator. And so the Prince of Peace comes and he says, wait a minute, I'm now here on earth. And in my kingdom, everything goes back to how it was supposed to be. Shalom, completeness, fullness, lacking nothing. That's why Romans chapter 5, this is what Paul writes about Jesus. Therefore, since we have been justified, it says through our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. We have peace with God. Paul says we now have peace with God our creator because of what the Prince of Peace has done. He's come to make all things right. In Jesus, you can have a brand new beginning. In Jesus, you can be free of your sin, forgiven of your sin. You don't have to carry around guilt or shame anymore because he came to rescue us. How many of you have been rescued by Jesus? Come on, anybody glad that he's our rescuer? I'll never forget. I'll never forget when I was about 14, 15 years old, my my neighbor, he got a car for the first time, right? So our neighbor is who we grew up with, one of my friends, and we were so excited about it, right? And he's like, hey, let's get in the car. And we were all like, yeah, oh, all ah, right, we're all just going to get in the car and we're going to have a good time. And, you know, when you're about that age, 15, 16, 17, you have nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. But what do you do? You're just going to ride around in circles all day. We're all like, ah, right? we're having a good time. Like, mom, like, hey, Alex, where are you going? Don't worry about it, mom. We're just going ah, to have a good time, right, everywhere. We're riding around Color Ridge like, ah, like, all day, all night. One day, my friend's like, hey, why don't we take my car off-road? Let's go muddy. Whoa. I'm like 14, 15. I'm like, that's the best idea ever. Come on, muddy. This is amazing. Ah. All right, we're all just going crazy. Remember, we go off, and uh, we're going down this dirt road, and we're having an amazing time. Right? just like, ah. Right, that's what you do when you're 15. Ah, this amazing time. Like, all of a sudden we're just having a great time. The car is covered in dirt and this is just messy. It's awesome. It's an amazing day in Colorado. And all of a sudden, the car just stops. It comes to a complete halt. And I'm just like, oh wait, that was not supposed to happen like that. What's going on? My car begins my friend begins to, you know, just hit the gas pedal as hard as he could and the car's not going anywhere. And I was like, uh oh, we're in trouble. And uh, if you have a Hispanic mom, you know that if you're not home by a certain time. Like, don't even come home. Like, this is not your home anymore. I'm not your mom. Just go find it. And I'm just like, hey, we, we got to hurry up. And my friend's just revving it and just hitting the gas. The car's not going anywhere. I'm like, what do you think the problem is? Like, give me a second. He gets off the car, and uh, he looks under the car, and he's looking all over the place. He takes a few minutes. He gets back in, and he goes, yeah, we're not going anywhere. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean we're not going anywhere? I got a mom who's waiting for me, and, uh, you know, oh, where did the, ah, oh, go? It's gone. It's all gone. And um uh, Say, oh, babe, we're, we're in some mud that's not letting us go, and the tires are just, like, flipping out, but nothing. And we all get down off the car, and we try to fix the car up, and we try to put stuff under the tire and try to find any kind of branches or wood, right, so the car can, the tires can get some grip, and nothing is happening. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is it. Oh, God, oh, God, help me. God, I need to get home. I need to get home right now. Like, we're just trying to fix this thing. And the car is going nowhere. Finally, he calls up one of his friends, and he's like, hey, I, I need your, your help. I need you to come tow me out of this mud of this mess and okay cool I'll be there like in 20-30 minutes and I'm like 20-30 minutes I got no time I got no time this is urgent I gotta go home now I thought you're 15 you're grown don't talk don't judge me I need to get home right now right 20 minutes later right this car pulls up monster car awesome car this thing is it's a bad boy right in the front of his car he has this thing I forgot even what it's called with the rope and even what is it called And he grabs the thing, and he he ties it to the other car, right? And, And in like five minutes, all of a sudden, he gets in his car. In five minutes, our car is completely out of the mud, and it is now back on the street, and it's back to where it's supposed to be, and I am home free. You know, when Jesus came into our life, we were in the craziest of muds, in the craziest of messes, but he's the rescuer who doesn't just come to make it okay. He puts us back in right standing with our creator, with our father, with the one who made us. This Christmas, the Prince of Peace in his kingdom, you can be complete, you can be whole, you can be full, you are rescued, you are restored, and you can have rest for your soul. Merry Christmas. You can be back. In right standing with the God who created you with the God who made you this is who our Prince of Peace is he's a wonderful counselor he's the mighty God he's the everlasting father he is the Prince of Peace come on can somebody give Jesus a big big hand this morning come on while we all get up on our feet everybody on their feet I want every eye closed and every head bowed I know we're a little bit over time about to light some candles and have an amazing moment but before we do I wonder if there's some people in here that you still don't have a relationship with this God with every eye closed and every head bowed all across this place for privacy and for concentration maybe you're in here today you say Alex I don't know this God I'm far from God I got guilt and shame in my life I got sin in my life Alex I've gone down the wrong path time and time again my life is nowhere where I want it to be I don't have a relationship with God. This Christmas, I've been disappointed. My life has been full of disappointment, of worry, stress, anxiety. That's not the way you were made to be. That's not how you were created to be. This Christmas, you can have rest for your soul. It comes through having a relationship with the Prince of Peace. You can't have the peace of God at first, you're not at peace with God. How can I have peace? With God, it comes through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, who came to make all things right. He's the bridge, He's the way, He's the anchor, He's the door, He's the light. With every eye closed and every head bowed, while the church is praying, if you're in here, you say, Alex, I have sin in my life. I, I know I'm away from God. I, I don't have a, re- I got guilt and shame. I've done some things that nobody knows about. It's okay. I'm gonna tell you that God loves you and He wants to come and make everything all right. He wants to heal you, He wants to forgive you. He wants to have a relationship with you. You were created to have a relationship with God. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. and If you're in here, if you're in in the additional seating, if you're watching online, And if you're saying, Alex, I want a relationship with God, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. And I believe hands are going to be raised all over this place. If you say, Alex, today I'm tired of sin. I don't want to keep living this way. Alex, I want to start brand new. Today you're going to have a clean slate. Today you're going to have a brand new beginning. Come on, while the church is praying, I'm going to count to three. And if you say, Alex, this Christmas, what I want is the Prince of Peace. What I want is a relationship with God. What I want is to start brand new at the count of three, you can raise your hand. Just hold it up for a minute. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I just want to see you, and then you can put it right back down. If that's you at the count of three, Raise your hand. One, two, three. All across this place, as high as you can. Hold it up, as high as you can, as high as you can. God bless you. 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 Amen. 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 I God bless you. 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 Back there, I see you. Amen. Amen. To my right, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. Anybody else? You raise your hand if you're in additional seating or watching online or listening on the radio. Anybody else? You raise your hand all over this place. Amazing. Hands raised up all over the place. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. Seal every heart with the Holy Spirit right now. Church, I'm going to say a prayer, and I want you to repeat this prayer with me. It's not the prayer that saves us. It's our faith in Jesus that saves us. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The whole church, we're going to say it out loud. We're going to say it together as a family. Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you rose again. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I am healed, and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, Calvary. Can we give them a big Christmas hand clap? Come on. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.